You are listening to WPRK 91.5, the voice of Rollins College, Winter Park, Florida. Welcome to the Crummer Hour on WPRK 91.5, Rollins College. I'm your host, J.B. Adams. On this program, we feature insightful conversations with faculty, alumni, and students of the Crummer Graduate School of Business as we share ideas and advice in the areas of business, technology, leadership, and professional development. Today's show is brought to you by the Crummer Graduate School of Business at Rollins College and Victor Media Group. You can check out Victor Media Group and its growing library of shows and podcasts at victormediagroup.co. In today's Crummer Hour, we are talking with a Crummer alumnus, Serge Albino. He's been the co-founder of several successful businesses, including Ecospheres, an environmental impact firm delivering cost-effective and eco-friendly clean tech solutions that destroy persistent organic pollutants from our land and waterways. The first half of the show is an interview recorded in the summer of 2020, and in it, Crummer Connections host, J.B. Adams, that's me, asks Serge Albino to discuss his early interests in art, science, and nature, the importance of exploring new ideas and taking risks, and how his Crummer education made an impact on his entrepreneurial ventures. Stay tuned for the second half of the show when we'll have a live Q&A session and learn more about Serge Albino's life and career. So let's get started. Welcome to Crummer Connections podcast series. I'm your host, J.B. Adams. In this series, I'm talking with Crummer alumni and inviting them to share their accomplishments, challenges, and best business advice. Today's show is brought to you by the Crummer Graduate School of Business at Rollins College. Consistently ranked as the number one MBA in the state of Florida, the Crummer School offers a variety of educational programs to prepare you to become a global, responsible business leader. The Crummer Graduate School of Business, experience excellence. Today's guest is Serge Albino. He graduated from Crummer with his MBA in the year 2010. He's a serial entrepreneur with a long career in technology, engineering, and consulting. He has been the co-founder of several businesses, including Ecospheres, an impact venture delivering cost-effective and eco-friendly clean tech solutions to destroy persistent organic pollutants from our land and waterways. Serge, welcome to the show. Hello. Glad to be here. It's great to have you. In a moment, we're going to talk about what Ecospheres is and what Ecospheres does, but let's start first with a little context. You're not just a Crummer alumnus. You have an ongoing relationship with the school. Where would people recognize you from? Um, I actually am an adjunct professor also for the uh, NASA Rollins Entrepreneurship Scholar Distinction Program. And I also help mentor the uh, NASA ICE program as well with Dr. Pete McCallan. Tell me about the teaching uh, and being a professor. What do you love about the teaching? You know, I, I think it's all about, um, again, this whole notion of just putting yourself out there into the world, right? And being as transparent as possible. Um, I love educating young minds uh, and, uh, you know, especially, um, you know, the way they think is so much different from my generation. And I love kind of cultivating them and working with them and how to incorporate that into the existing industries and existing uh, methodologies. So love that about teaching. Yeah, excellent. And it's a great way to give back to the school as well. Uh, we're going to learn a little bit more about Ecospheres. Uh, this is a tech company. It's an environmental company and you're a co-founder. Tell us about what, it, what you do. 
Um, so Ecospheres is a clean tech um, solutions company where we take innovative solutions and um, and the originally stemmed from NASA Kennedy Space, Space Center and uh, pivoted them to and commercialized them for the environmental sector. So we like to help clients uh, solve some of these uh, contamin chemical contamination in the environment that has gone on for 40 to 50 years and it's still there and the future is grim for truly solving it for that site. And we're basically telling, uh, working with them instead of using yesterday's solutions or technologies to solve yesterday's problems, um, utilize innovation and technology to truly solve it and completely close that site for good and forever. So, so if I may, we have a contaminated site, it's toxic. What would be the old way of dealing with it? And what's the new way? So the old way of dealing with it, which is actually still the current way of dealing with it, is uh, dig it up uh, and move it to somebody else's backyard, sometimes very, very far away in the sense of Hawaii. Uh, they take it all the way to California or Portland or Clive, Utah. And then once it gets there, they put it in a tomb and they keep it there forever. Or they just decide to um, destroy it via incineration. So the crux of that process, of that old process that's still being used today is that today's world and focus on climate change and CO2 emissions, transporting a lot of that contaminated dirt or contaminated water uh, takes a lot of CO2 emissions and puts it out into the air. And then once you decide to burn it, it creates much more. So you're really sacrificing clean air to get clean water and clean soil. And it's not a really good trade-off, especially in today's world where um, focus on climate change once again and the environment is, and sustainability is just, uh, it's more front and center for, for everyone these days, not just the younger generation. So what do you guys do instead? So instead, we, we help develop on-site solutions for our clients. So depending on where the solutions may lie, let's say it's in the soil or groundwater or sediment, we have different solutions for that. We, we have a much more surgical approach and we customize our innovative solutions for their needs. So at the end of the day, we're actually destroying the contaminants um, and uh, without, without burning them or transporting them out of there in a much more green and economical way. Yeah, it's long-term and sustainable. And, and finally, just tell us, what do you love about this kind of work? Um, like I said, uh, you know, it, it allows for me to meet a lot of people and create a lot of friendships out there. Some of, some of the new friends that I have are completely from a sector that I've never been a part of uh, before, which is the environmental sector. I'm now talking to a lot of hydrogeologists um, and, and um, you know, it, 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 as opposed to aerospace scientists, right? Mm -hmm. um, it, uh, it allows for, for me to also figure out the intricacies of an industry, but also figure out a way to how to disrupt it. And that's really, uh, that's really the challenge, right? Because if you could find a good way to disrupt it, sometimes it's the most simplest thing. But if you can, if you're able to do that, um, that's, some, that's something you could ha hang your hat on for, for a yeah. long time. Yeah. Excellent. You were not always a co-founder. You were not always an entrepreneur. So let's dig into your backstory. Uh, I want to find out where were you born, Serge? I was born in uh, Negros Oriental, uh, the College City, Philippines. And 
what were those early years like for you as a kid? Um, you know, as a, as an island boy uh, growing up in the Philippines, I was a grandma's boy. Uh, I lived there from uh, when I was born to uh, until I was about eight years old. And it was a lot of, um, you know, playing outside. There wasn't Sega Genesis or PS4 back in the day. So you learn to basically mold with nature. I, I remember digging three feet deep into the dirt to get clay. And I remember making these figures, uh, race car figures and planes out of clay that we had to dig. Um, things like going down to a river and finding caves and see what we can, what treasures we could find out there. That was some of the things in my early childhood. Now, did you have an awareness of what it meant to be an engineer or this was just natural in you? Uh, no, nah. <laughs> that was just uh, figure someplace to have have a good time and play with friends. Yeah. Okay. And what was the transition point of that childhood? Uh, transition point. My uh, my mom at that time lived in New Jersey, New York area. Uh, my dad and I lived in the Philippines. Uh, and then my my mom um, basically petitioned us to move, start a new life in New York for essentially a better opportunity for the family, especially for me. Uh, as her, you know, and um, so we, we, we relocated from New York, uh, from, from the Philippines to New York uh, around eight years old uh, back in 1988. And, um, I, I, you know, English is a second language. Uh, I, uh, it, was, it was a very difficult transition, let's put it that way, for an island boy in, now in, into New York City. And you were also exposed to a different culture. I was exposed to uh, a New York Minute culture. Yeah, definitely. Um, that was uh, that was um, a big realization for me. Where uh, now everything happens fast paced, everything is uh, upbeat, and it's just hustle and grind. And that was the New York lifestyle. Mm -hmm. So after you moved to New York City. Uh... I don't know if you were still digging around in the dirt, but you had a new set of interests as a, as a teenager. What yeah. were you doing after you came to America? Um, you know, I, I got into uh, New York is very much about art. Um, so I got into uh, art quite a bit. The painting, the Bob Ross inspired painting that you see behind me. Mm -hmm. I actually did that when I was in fourth or fifth grade, somewhere around there. That's an oil canvas painting. And uh, I got into students, uh, my mom, um, uh, when I was in seventh grade, uh, didn't want me to spend my summer months getting into trouble and getting into uh, street fights. So she enrolled me to Students Art League of New York to study fine arts. So I was really big into fine arts when I was in New York. Okay, so and did you pursue that as your next step? Um, no, um, we, we, I, let's just say I got into a little bit of trouble when I was in New York and uh, mom and dad decided to pull me out and move from New York to Florida uh, <laughs> to start a new life in, in Florida. So um, I got pulled out of the fine arts. And when you moved to Central Florida back in the mid 90s, you know, fine arts was really not a thing. Yeah. So, well, there's definitely a recurring theme of uh, at first it was just building and now it's art, artic, uh, artistry, but uh, just creativity in general. Um, under the theme of being an engineer. So you have another transition. Now you're in Orlando, Florida, and you're exposed to a whole new set of interests. What, what did those include? You know, uh, coming back to Florida kind of reinvigorated my love for nature, right? And, um, and space, really. I mean, NASA is just literally a drive away. Um, so I really got, I remember moving into Poinciana in Kissimmee, 
and it's in the middle of the forest. And I'm so used to a lot of, um, you know, sirens and and car, um, cars and train train audio at, at, at night, right? Those audible sounds from a city life. And now I'm hearing crickets for the first time in a long time. And I remember just looking up in my backyard and I see this light, tons of lights because there's hardly any, you know, development in that area. So I really got into astronomy and uh, love for space at that point in time. When we come back in a moment, we're going to hear more about Serge's early career and how he found his way to the Crummer Graduate School of Business. We'll be back in a moment. Hi, I'm Mallory Bliss, an Early Advantage MBA student at Crummer Graduate School of Business at Rollins College. When I was searching for my next opportunity after graduation, an MBA at Crummer was the best opportunity for me. I was nervous about starting at Crummer with my science background, but my fears were calmed on the very first day. Crummer is helping me pursue my aspiration of working in the pharmaceutical industry. For more information on the Crummer Early Advantage MBA program, visit crummer.rollins.edu. So we are back with Serge Albino of EcoSpears, learning about his early career. Serge, uh, after you got out of high school and you were still sort of searching, I take it, and trying to figure out what you wanted to do next? Yeah, you know, so the path of, okay, where do I go for college? I only applied to one college that was UCF. And, and that was because they had, um, it was their first uh, aerospace program. And I figured, hey, I like the, the idea of space. Uh, fine arts uh, is not really a good path for me here because there's not, I would have to relocate to New York to find a job. But if I have access to NASA here, I can basically get into aerospace, which is engineering, and it kind of molds the, the two together for me. I could do CAD work, which is an art thing, but I could also work on space work, which would be my love for space things. So I was able to mesh the two together to go through that program. A great way to bring it together. Yeah. So uh, after you graduated with your degree, there were opportunities? No. <laughs> I graduated in 2003. So that was post 9-11. Um, and uh, I remember finding a very, very tough time finding a job um, because there's a lot of... Um, a lot of folks being laid off during 9-11. So a lot of startups or entry-level jobs were taken over by, you know, senior-level people. Off-tangent, I, I actually just con contacted one of my closest colleagues uh, who had a painting business. And that summer, he taught me how to paint, uh, paint houses. So that was kind of like my transition job. And then eventually, you know, paid my way for several months. And then I finally got a job with Siemens. Okay. Um, which I got into next. An engineering job. An engineer, a drafting job, actually. Not a painting job. Okay. Not a painting job. <laughs> so drafting at Siemens, uh, other opportunities coming your way uh, that eventually led you to Kennedy Space Center? Yeah, so after Siemens, I went, uh, you know, I, I wanted to pursue more of uh, an R&D, research and development type role. And there was an opportunity with a company called Cubic Defense um, to design military equipment for simulation and training. So I went there for about a year and um, 
after that program or after that contract, I went over to L3 Communications where we designed, I was a thermal uh, engineer there. We designed um, laser range finders for all the UAV systems. And it was because of that background in thermal management, uh, an outfit from NASA, Bionetics Corporation, um, basically headhunted me to help them out on their thermal issue for one of their space station projects. Uh, and that's how I got into NASA. So based on all of that, Serge, what advice would you give to a young person who's searching to figure out what to do next in their career? You know, uh, your, your, your time in your 20s is a very valuable time. Take all the risk you want. You can always make money right? You can always make money in different ways. And now, even now today, especially more today, there's several ways to make a living outside of just your job. But don't try to search for a career in your 20s. Try everything out there. Put yourself out there again to the world and figure it is what you like. Because there's a good point in time when I was working at Siemens where I questioned engineering, where I actually went back to school and thought I wanted to become a veterinarian. So, you know, it was, but it was only the ability to, to put myself out there and try different things that I realized where I needed to position myself in the engineering side of things. An excellent takeaway, Serge. Thank you. Thank you. Serge, I, I would like to understand more about how you found your way to Crummer. There was uh, something going on in your career that made you think you needed some additional education. Yeah, I was, uh, I actually knew about Crummer back in 2004 uh, when I was um, working at Siemens. And I, I, I saw one of the, um, you know, the uh, events that Crummer was hosting to, um, to, uh, to market the MBA program. And I attended one of those programs, uh, one of those uh, events. Uh, and I remember Dean McAllister uh, was speaking in one of those events. And, uh, and I heard him speak and I remember, I remember him, it wasn't the way he, he, he spoke and there wasn't the words, but it was the way he controlled the room. And at that point on, I said, you know, I, I need to learn that type of command and, and, and being able to, to learn that as well as also learn the theories, the proper theories of business. Uh, it, I think it will complement my engineering side that I could actually move up in corporate world. And little did I know that I wouldn't be actually moving up in the corporate world. It would actually be entrepreneurship. So I was going to say at that point, you had not anticipated becoming an entrepreneur. No, not at all. <laughs> it's great how those plans come together. Yeah. So Serge, if you're ready, it's now time to play Crummer Insider Free Association. Awesome. So for this, I'm going to read you a list of prompts. For each prompt, I will invite you to say the first thing that comes into your mind. These are items that any Crummer student can relate to. Are you ready to play, Serge? I am. All right, here's the first one. I started my Crummer education in the year? 2009. I finished classes and graduated in the year? 2010. There were this many students in my cohort. Ooh, probably around 25, 26, somewhere there. Okay, my cohort was known for being? Oh man, uh, I think every court would say the most outrageous, but I, I think we were just a good blend of folks out there that were very seasoned uh, executives in different uh, companies, uh, as well as uh, mid-level uh, mid program managers also in, in other companies, so. All right, great. 
for our international study, we went to? Uh, we went to, um, gosh, um, Bratislava was one of them, and then uh, Vienna. Okay, great. My favorite professor was? Um, well, uh, uh, Dr. Bob, uh, Professor Bob and um, Professor Whittingham. Okay. And my favorite course was? Um, I, I like the domestic consulting program as well as the sustainability program. Terrific. Let's move into some of the surprises that you encountered uh, as a student and how you applied them afterwards. So first, uh, I know that you had other international experiences beyond the one that all the students went to. You, you went to APADE first. Some of our listeners may not know what APADE is. Can you explain it? Yeah, APADE is basically a, um, um, it was the, a program in Mexico City where uh, you did corporate social responsibility program in, in APADE University. And it was a full immersion course where uh, you get a chance to look into corporate sustainability uh, and, um, and, and do a case study and go after different case studies with your cohorts from all different parts of, gosh, South America, Central America, and even Europe. And it actually kind of felt like you were part of a UN program because everybody was mic'd up and uh, they were speaking German, they were speaking Spanish, they were speaking English, and there's translators in your ear. So it was really, really fun. And what was your major takeaway from that experience? Um, just a cultural perspective of how things are viewed in different parts of the world. <laughs> yeah, excellent. And uh, you have another experience as a result of what you just mentioned a moment ago with Dr. Bob Prescott and the domestic consulting course. But mm -hmm. that's something that you actually had the opportunity to apply yeah. in your actual work. Tell us how that went. Um, you know, Dr. Bob always had these, um, these terminologies or these sayings in class that I took away from the main thing or uh, sobre mesa, you know, and I- Tell applied, what those are. Uh, so the main thing is basically allowing and getting to a point of what the main one thing would be for that client and for that contract to put that main thing as first and, uh, first and foremost. I've actually kind of taken that and morphed it a little bit based on what I've learned from my current mentor, Terrence Berlin, where, you know, we always say before you get two, you always got to get one. And that's very similar. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just about keeping focus so that you're not chasing shiny objects, especially when you're consulting. Mm -hmm. And what was the second one Dr. Bob said? Uh, sobre mesa, which is basically just everything's on the table. And uh, as much as some, some folks are not comfortable with it, I'm very transparent with how I go after and work on my contracts, uh, especially on the costing side. Because at the end of the day, I like to work with value partners rather than just clients and giving them a good sense of how I work the, the budgeting and costing side helps them feel at ease that they're not having to think that um, they're gonna be taken advantage of. Everything's on the table and then they get to have those knobs to dial in and, uh, and to turn down and turn up whenever they feel like it. Because at the end of the day, as long as I'm adding value, they're going to continue to ratchet up the, uh, the, the, um, the expectations as well as the performance and uh, deliverables. So how do you think these lessons that you got studying in a course for a grade have been, have been applied in real life in your work as an entrepreneur? Um, you know, it, it's, it's those 
two things that have kind of that I've used in every single startup that I've worked on, especially in the consulting one. And um, the, the, the unique thing now with Ecospheres is that every single client is essentially a consulting program, right? So I'm able to kind of really utilize those things to just keep the clients focused because sometimes clients don't know what they want. So the main thing or the one thing really hones in on that so we could develop a true program around it and solve their true needs. And the Sobre Mesa just gives them that sense of partnership right away. That partnership is just not a, um, a bolted on uh, aspect of, into my business. It's actually a built in, right? And, and they, they are more comforted by that, that we are true partners. Mm-hmm. Serge, we only have a little bit of time left. We're going to be bringing this to a close soon, but I, I just want to understand, how do you think you're different as a result of your Crummer experience? How did it make you better? Um, you know, again, uh, Crummer helped me uh, express myself better into the world. Um, it helped me uh, vocalize my internal ideas of technology into the world. It helped me craft uh, a better message on ta- how, do, how do I take the crazy ideas that I have and building technologies into actually solving issues out there in the world, solving real world problems. And if it wasn't for Crummer and the network that Crummer has, um, these found friends to that program would never have been there. And the new friends outside of Crummer would not be there also because I wouldn't have been able to communicate better with them. So mm-hmm. Crummer has been a, a, a integral part of my, of my career. And I know that people are going to listen to this. They might want to reach out to you with questions. What's the best way for someone to reach you? Um, Hit me up on LinkedIn. I'm, I'm, um, I'm very active on Facebook also, um, or just stop by the office over here in uh, Altamont Springs. Terrific. One final bit. If there's someone listening who has not yet gotten their MBA, what advice would you give to a prospective student? Um, I would, I would say, stop thinking about it. Just, just dive in. Sometimes, uh, you have to just jump into the fire and don't worry if there's a frying pan or not. Um, just go in there, go, but when you do go in there, come in as an empty cup and go full immersion, right? Enjoy every minute of it. Those two years go by so fast. Uh, put yourself out there. There's so many great programs that you could be involved with, like the NASA program, like the international programs. Um, any uh, availability you can have to do domestic uh, consulting or international consulting work, do it. Do it. It's, it's, it's a great, great uh, program, uh, and it's right here in Central Florida. I don't think there's anything else that I could add to make that any better. Serge Albino, I want to thank you for being our guest today on Crummer Connections podcast series. It's been a great pleasure. I learned a lot and everyone else did too. Thanks, JB. Thank you, Serge. Today's show is brought to you by the Crummer Graduate School of Business at Rollins College. Now is a great time to consider enhancing your career success by pursuing an advanced degree in business. And the Crummer School offers a variety of educational programs to help you become a global, responsible business leader. To learn more about the programs and begin the application process, go to crummer.rollins.edu. The Crummer Graduate School of Business. Experience excellence. Thanks for listening. I'll be back again soon with another episode. 
Crummer Connection podcast series is a production of Victor Media Group. It's the mission of Victor Media Group to make the world a better place by making ourselves better people. If you like this show, follow us at Victor Media on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. This is JB Adams. Please stay tuned for the second half of the Crummer Hour. When we come back, we'll meet with Serge Albino to get his responses to questions submitted by you, our listeners, and Crummer students and alumni. You are listening to WPRK 91.5, the voice of Rollins College, Winter Park, Florida. Hi, I'm Guy Fagan, an Early Advantage MBA student at the Crummer Graduate School of Business at Rollins College. My time during undergrad at Rollins College was incredible. I took every opportunity to get involved on campus. I joined the Tau Cap Absalom fraternity, and I was also a member of the varsity men's tennis team. Crummer has an amazing reputation in the area, so it was a no-brainer. For more information on the Crummer Early Advantage MBA program, visit crummer.rollins.edu. Welcome back to the Crummer Hour on WPRK 91.5 Rollins College. I'm your host, JB Adams. On this program, we feature insightful conversations with faculty, alumni, and students of the Crummer Graduate School of Business as we share ideas and advice in the areas of business, technology, leadership, and professional development. Today's show is brought to you by the Crummer Graduate School of Business at Rollins College and Victor Media Group. You can check out Victor Media Group and its growing library of shows and podcasts at victormediagroup.co. In today's Crummer Hour, we are talking with a Crummer alumnus, Serge Albino. He's been the founder, co-founder of several successful businesses, including Ecospheres, an environmental impact firm delivering cost-effective and eco-friendly clean tech solutions that destroy persistent organic pollutants from our land and waterways. We just heard Serge describe his early life and his Crummer experience. And now in this second half of the show, we have him here live with us in the studio so that we can learn more about his business and his life as an entrepreneur. And we're gonna have him respond to some of the questions that were provided by you, Crummer students, faculty, and alumni. Serge, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me back. It's great to have you back. Um, today, we also have a panel, so I'm going to introduce them. They're going to be providing the questions. First, Gerard Mitchell, MBA class of 2018. Hi, everyone. Glad to be here. Thanks, Gerard. We also have Clara Mount, MBA class of 2020. Hey, thanks for having me on. Thank you, Clara. We also have Gerardo Abril, MBA class of 2020. Hey, guys. Pleasure to be here. And we also have Kyle Sawyer, who is a current MBA student in the cohort EA MBA 37. Hey, everyone. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you, Kyle. And as always, I am JB Adams, MBA class of 2011. Serge, our first set of questions is about your entrepreneurship. And Clara would like to know more about Ecospheres. Yeah. Um... I know you've talked a lot about what you do and you've talked about with Ecospheres, how it was sort of designing a new solution for a problem that like nobody had come up with before. Um, but I'm just wondering, how did you come up with that idea? Um, so the original, uh, the original technology, which is the green spike technology here behind me was actually um, co-discovered by um, our principal scientists and some of my colleagues at NASA Kennedy Space Center. So that was the original technology that came about. And I only learned about it because I left NASA back in 2012. 
Then I, I, I returned and I graduated from Corollans uh, 2010. And I wanted to kind of get involved more with the community and with the schools. So I reached to the Center for, Entre uh, for um, Entrepreneurship and Advancement um, and asked how I could help. And there was a NASA Scholar Distinction Program that started that year. And that technology was one of the ones that we evaluated on the second year. So that's how it all started. It started as a Crummer NASA program. And then we oh. licensed the technology and then the rest is history. And we've, we've uh, attained a few more technologies from NASA as well as built our own. We actually just received our last patent, our, 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 our patent for the Spear Spike itself uh, for EcoSpears just last week. So that was kind of cool. Oh, that's awesome. Gerardo. Serge, I, I, I'd love to know, you know, a whole career, tons of ideas that you've had over the years. How do you know or decide when to pursue an idea versus letting it go? Oh, good question. Um, so let me tell you what I know now of, uh, and what I wish I knew then, right? Okay. What I know now, if it's going to be a venture, right? Especially, especially if it's going to be venture backed, the market size must be massive, billions and trillions of dollars, massive. Yeah. But take the money aside, it really has to be focused on solving true world issues. And I, I know we may say, okay, world hunger, um, gender equality, uh, racial equality, um, environmental legacy toxins. Those are all true world issues. I mean, the, 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 the issue of clean water is probably going to be the next world war if we don't, if we're not careful, right? So if you're after impact, and if you're after impact and trying to really tr truly solve a world issue, I think the, uh, the fruits of that labor is just the, the dollars and cents that comes behind it, right? I wish I knew that back then, because when you want to raise capital, if you especially want to raise a $2 million round followed by a $5 million or $10 million round, what gets investors excited is the size of the market, because the size of the market also means that there's a massive opportunity for this business to mature and grow, especially if that issue is not, there's really no good way of solving it. There's no finite solution to it, right? Mm -hmm. Population continues to grow. There's still going to be more world hunger, right? Um, or if we don't solve world um, uh, environmental toxins or we continue to make chemicals and release it to the environment, the market, market continues to grow. And if there's a lack of investment or there's a lack of effort to solve it, that's called the opportunity gap. So... I wish I knew that back then because I bootstrapped two companies back in 2012 and 2015. I mean, it was crash and burn, right? I mean, not necessarily, but you know, you learned a lot. There's a lot of skinned knees. And I think if I didn't have those lessons learned, I would not be as streamlined in decision-making skills today. That help? Yeah. Serge, are you saying that you needed to have those crash and burn experiences in order to get where you are today? Or could you have avoided them or should you have avoided them? Where do you land on that? So I, I teach martial arts on the side, uh, Filipino stick and knife fighting, right? And the best way to sometimes learn 
is when somebody pulls out a real blade for you because you're uh, haphazard or lazy about keeping your hands in. Or if you're not blocking a hook, you know, hook punch, sometimes you need to get chin checked to make sure that your guard is up all the way every single time. So that's the same thing in business, right? Sometimes you need to be chin checked a little bit uh, to feel a little bit of pain to teach you to keep your guard up or to time things differently the next time. Sweet science. All this time we spent together, and this is the first time I've heard you mention martial arts. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the next question is from Gerard. Serge, you're, you're a, as you just said, you're a, a serial co-founder. What does it mean to be a co-founder and how do you manage those relationships? Oh man, um, it's about, uh, it's like a relationship with your spouse. You know, you got to find the right one and it's a long lasting relationship. So, um, you know, you have to have the right balance of energy, drive. Both of you have to be all in, right? It's not one, you know, one foot in, one foot out kind of deal. Actually, he's still here in the next room. Uh, he just got done with a five-mile run. Now he's back here in the office cranking some emails out. Um, but it's really about having a transparent relationship also. And uh, for me, uh, you know, having, uh, for both of us, if, if something's bugging us at three o'clock in the morning and that phone rings, so we're picking it up and we're saying, hey, what's up? What can we do? You know, you need to confide in somebody Um uh, things that may uh, keep you up at night, as well as things to celebrate, right? You always got to celebrate wins. But at the same time, you want to have that other person in that relationship to help you uh, look things in a different um, different angle or light. So that's, uh, and you got to nurture that relationship. It's uh, like any relationship. It's not, I'm just going to take away from the pot because both if you both of you guys are doing that, there's nothing left in the pot. So it has to be, you have to be giving in to that pot. That way, when you do need to dip in there, there's plenty, it's bountiful. Oh, that's, that's great. That's great. Give us a, a little sense of what you've learned through your period of raising money for Ecospheres. Uh, well, it starts off with a really big market. <laughs> <laughs> um, it starts off also with having the right mentors. Um, it starts off with having the right investors, lead investor, gosh, uh, Terrence Berland and David Scalzo, um, were first, uh, mentors and advisors before we even started talking about money. And uh, Dr. Pete McAllendon also was a mentor of mine as well at Rollins. Um, so it's, it's, it's having the right sets of folks that can guide you and shape you because what you hope as, uh, to be as a founder especially if you're going to evolve with a business, you have to basically be coachable enough so that they, you can elevate your game one level at a time, right? We had a great session with Catapult Ocean and our mentor there is Chris Rangan. And uh, my goodness, he took us through an investor readiness program. He actually crafted this game that's kind of like a cross between Monopoly and uh, Dungeons and Dragons, but it's called Scale Up. It's focused on entrepreneurship and, and, and business. And it's amazing. And it taught us how to basically build the business focused not just on growth of the scale up, but also how do you focus it around 
value creation for your investors. So if you can basically say, hey, my business here, this is this big, I'm already planning for five rounds of capital raise, which we're going to end at an IPO, right? That's a forecast. But if you're already planning that way, you're already showing potential investors in the early round how the, how, what the plan looks like. And it's crazy enough, right? It always has to be crazy enough. But off ramps for earlier investors to get off if they don't want to ride along for the full, uh, you know, for the full amount. So good sets of investors, good set of founders, uh, sorry, good sets of uh, mentors. And um, I think God, God, God is always on your side, right? So um, that's what you always have to, uh, you, you know, have to uh, thank at the end of uh, beginning of the day and, 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 and the day with. So. Serge, what was the name of the game again? Uh, it's called Scale Up. Scale Up. Uh, Clara has a question about Scale Up. Yeah, <laughs> I just want to know if it's commercially available. <laughs> it will soon be. I am actually helping. I'm going to be helping Chris possibly get it into Rollins and in our rally cohort program. Uh, he actually has done. He's created. So it's more of a simulation. He calls it a simulation. And I, I, I tell him, hey, if you say simulation here in the U.S., we are thinking military simulation. So it's technically more of like a entrepreneurship simulation or a game. Uh, and he's actually working with MIT right now to launch one specifically for the India market to support and 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 cultivate um, more women founders in India and, and get That's a amazing. bit more gender equality going on in different parts of the world. It's it's an awesome awesome program. So That's amazing. All right, I definitely want to play that game at some point in time. Right now, we are going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll hear about Serge Albino's greatest lesson that he learned from being a serial entrepreneur. Hi, I'm Sarah Neely. I am an Early Advantage MBA student here at the Crummer Graduate School of Business at Rollins College. Crummer has enabled me with hands-on real-world experience that has been translated inside and outside the classroom. I'm very excited for not only the rest of my second year here at Crummer, but also in the future and to come back and visit. For more information on the Crummer Early Advantage MBA program, visit crummer.rollins.edu. Welcome back to the Crummer Hour. I'm your host, J.B. Adams. Our guest is Crummer alumnus and serial entrepreneur, Serge Albino. And with us, we have our panel of Crummer alumni and students. Our next question is from Gerardo. Serge, besides wishing that you would have known about that opportunity gap that you were talking about, what would you say is the greatest lesson you've learned from being a serial entrepreneur? You know what? Uh, you just can't give up. You just got to keep at it. You got to be, you got to have tenacity. Um, everybody that we hire here is a chip on their shoulder. Nobody likes to lose around here. You know, uh, we come second on a, uh, on a, um, uh, an accelerator pitch, you know, Ian and I are pissed off about it and say, how can we do this better? You know, we really try to have that chip on our shoulder to be really, really good at what we do and you just can't give up. And even if you win, you've still got to keep going and make yourself better. Kyle. Serge, so I have, I have a lot of fellow classmates who are so eager to graduate, eager to, to get out into the real world and, you know, put their, put their business plans into action and everything. But what, what is an important quality that you think students should take the time to develop? What, what is the most important quality you think an entrepreneur should have? Learn to tie in the business model to the financial model. 
if they cannot answer the question of how does the business make money, it's called a hobby. <laughs> it's not gonna do too well. So like when I mentor our rally social enterprise accelerators, right? It's a lot of heartstrings, man. A lot of heartstrings. So that's why I'm I'm a little bit more, you know, um, adamant on the uh, for them in in asking them, how do you make money? How does the business make money? Take me through the process. How do you sell? How do the customers buy? Now, okay, now how do you scale that? How do you shorten the sales cycle? Got to learn to do that. I would say learn to build the financial model first of how the business should make money before you even go neck deep in the fun stuff, right? Marketing and technology development. Yeah, that's something our, our professors at Crummer really hammer on. And I, I think you're, you're right on the point that that's something that really shouldn't be ignored. So yeah, absolutely. All right, we've got one more question about your entrepreneurship and, and this is about something specific. So in an earlier conversation, you told me that uh, you practice application of entrepreneurial operating system, also known as EOS, mm -hmm. which is described in the book by Gina Wickman. Uh, the book is called Traction. Uh, I am a, a someone who also practices EOS and I've used it with clients and, and we use it at Victor Media Group. And I guess what I want to hear from your point of view is how did you find your way into, uh, you know, using this system? Did someone suggest it to you or you just stumbled upon it? And then what kind of strengths do you think it provides to entrepreneurial teams? Yeah, so I learned, I first learned about it. Um, I first started my entrepreneurship journey within the UCF Business Incubator Program. And when I transitioned from the research park facility to winter to the winter springs facility you know it was it was like 2013 2014 at that time period and i was just struggling into adopting you know management theories into startups it's a it's a it's two different worlds right uh, i would say sometimes uh, an mba program because back then you know rollins it, there was really no entrepreneurship track right it was it was a for me, it was a sustainability and technology and operations track that I came back into. So now, I mean, for my goodness sakes, uh, the entrepreneurship track is so strong now. So it was very hard to position or to match what we learned in the MBA program into startups. Startups, I mean, it's just A and B testing, yes or no, does it work, try it again. You know, it, and the principles were so different. So there was a program called the CEO Nexus program within UCF BIP. And I was like, at first I was like, man, I don't want to shell out the money. And Rafael Kamano uh, basically said, hey, no, we're covering it because you're, we're selecting a few uh, of our um, client uh, here in the incubator and we want for you to go there. And so I, I started a journey of um, the, the traction by Gina Wickman. And I haven't looked back ever since. And I think entrepreneurs it's been really a bible for us on the business side because we strive for a level 10 meeting every week uh it it puts a lot of um planning and strategies but then you know from a 10 year three year one year and then quarterly and then it's a quick gut check every week and your meetings are just so streamlined at that point you know and then it also promotes quite a bit of transparency and that's what i love about it too right because Man, my interns can check me 
and whatever I said, if, if, if I was, if I was not true to my word, they'll check me at the L10 meeting and it's no holds bar at that point, you know, mm -hmm. um, for, for the sake of our listeners, uh, they may not know what a level 10 meeting is. What does that mean? Yeah. A level 10 meeting is basically you want to end, um, your weekly meetings at a level 10, zero out of 10. So you want to strive for that level 10. Are you always going to get it? No, not at all. I think we've, in the past three years that we've done it, we probably only have had probably like four level 10 meetings. Wow. Right? So we've, we've hit a few, you know, we have hit some nines and, and tens and, you know, especially if there's a, if the meeting is, you know, with 12 people, there's always that one, everybody will score a 10 and somebody goes a nine and you're like, what the heck dude, you know, was a nine. And they basically said, well, we rabbit holed a little bit too much and we did this and we we're like, Oh yeah. Okay. That makes sense. You know, we'll try better next time. So we put that in the notes, do not rabbit hole next time. So everybody now has that to strive for level 10 and don't rabbit hole. And so in the next meeting, if somebody is going to start to rabbit hole, somebody will call them out right away because everybody wants the L10. So that's what it's about. I'm going to start using that. <laughs> that's great. Um, and it's a great uh, device for keeping meetings on track. Um, we're going to move on to some questions about your Crummer experience, Clara. Yeah. Um, we, you just mentioned the sustain, the sustainability program at Crummer. Um, I had the pleasure of a couple of courses with Dr. Whittingham. Uh, so I have a taste of that, even though it wasn't my concentration, but, um, I'm just wondering how that changed your understanding of what it means to do business or to be a sustainable business. So the sustainability program, so I graduated uh, end of 2010 or 2009, somewhere around there. But I went back for my concentration in operations and technology management. So I had to pick two courses. And uh, to be honest with you, it said trip to Costa Rica for a week. Yep. I was like, okay, so <laughs> <laughs> whatever the sustainability thing is, I'll be in Costa Rica for a week. I'll, we're good there. And, and what it really, uh, and you know, I worked at NASA, Kennedy Space Center at that time, right? So um, we did a lot of things. When you send stuff out to space, it better have sustainability in mind. Mm -hmm. right? It better have repurposing in mind. Um, because if you build a several million dollar payload and it's only a, you know, it, it can only do one thing, what, do you, what are you going to do? Push it out of the space station? You know, once it's done, no, it has to be used for different ways, right? Um, mm -hmm. Same thing with the materials that you use. Are you being, you know, sustainable in sourcing materials? Uh, but also, are you, are you also cognizant of what happens if it has to burn on reentry? You know, type deal, right? So, mm -hmm. um, so I thought I knew what the world's sustainability would be until I went to Costa Rica and I took I took the program with Keith with Dr. Whittingham. And then it just completely opened my eyes, right? And even now, my my view on sustainability and 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 the green movement, right, um, has completely changed since that program as well. There's a great book by um, uh, the founder, the co-founder of Futera here in the U.S. Uh, called Green Giants, and it's a great great book on sustainability and. Now that class and, and Green Giants really prepared myself and Ian to speak with impact investors in Europe because there's a whole other kind of investment uh, realm focused on impact investment, which is all about 
sustainability, uh, focusing about um, CO2 reduction, right? Um, climate change, all that jazz. That's amazing. Thank you. I That Costa Rica class is how they get you. That was what got me in there too. So That class was awesome. <laughs> I can't lie. You know, I can't lie. <laughs> Gerard. Uh, Serge, as a, uh, as a crummer, uh, as a founder, sorry, as a founder, what, what class do you wish you had taken at crummer? What, what class did you see and you didn't take, but you said, I wish I'd taken that now through your daily experience would have helped. Oh, you. that's easy negotiations. Uh, I don't know why i never took negotiations. Uh, I think the track that we were on just, it never happened, but I got a chance to say, um, Professor Graham always used to have these, gosh, these 7 a.m. investor uh, meetings uh, or investor uh, talks um, it, it with uh, Dennis uh, in the morning, you know, once every two weeks or so. And he taught a lot of negotiations in that program, but uh, I never got a chance to do that at Crummer. Um, I tried to audit it, but, you know, just didn't get a chance to. So I wish I did negotiations. So does negotiations come up a lot in, in EcoSpheres in your business now? Um, not really in a sense of the traditional thinking of the back and forth negotiation, but it's more of the art of the deal, right? How to position things as a whole product based on, you know, um, Professor Bob used to always say, you know, people love to buy but hate to be sold. So you give them options. That's part of the deal. That's part. That's the that's the art of the deal in negotiations. So it's not necessarily the negotiations that we all think that, you know, in the movies they're going to go back and forth. They have a litigate. Not like that at all. <laughs> great, great. Uh, let's learn a little bit more about your professional development. We have a question from Kyle. Serge, you mentioned uh, Traction and Green Giants as two books that that have helped you throughout your career. But are there any other uh, books or speakers that have inspired you throughout your life? Um, I would say one of the best books that I've ever read is um, uh, Crossing the Chasm. Crossing mm -hmm. the Chasm is another mm -hmm. one. Um, and it talks about, and part of it too, because they use the World War II analogies of D-Day and how do you prepare, you know, entrepreneurship and marketing and, and negotiations. It's a warfare, so you better put your war, your war paint on and prep your team and get your technology the right way and go for that beachhead market and then build a, a, a base of operation then continue to, 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 to penetrate the landscape, right? So that's a great book. Uh, the other one is, um, man, the hard thing about hard things. That's a really good one. That was a good one. I love that. that. That's a really good book. And then um, what is that other book that I have here? Um, oh, it'll, it'll come back to me. Um, what's the takeaway from the last book that you mentioned? The hard thing about hard, the hard things about hard things. Um, it's really just about um, all the things that could go wrong <laughs> in a venture. <laughs> yes. And I uh, mean, the second time I read it, I still had cold sweats reading the first two chapters. I was just like, holy smokes. You know, I mean, it's so vivid the way he describes it, you know, but then again, that's part of learning, right? You, you want to, and when I first met with Dr. Pete, uh, I basically said, Hey, I don't care to learn about your successes. I care to learn about your failures and show me the landmines. That's what that book teaches you. That's great. I'm going to have to add those both to my list. Yeah. That's Excellent. great. 
Jerry. Yeah. And let me ask you, day to day at work, what is your greatest challenge? Is it email? <laughs> um, you know, these days, these days, um, it's a lot of long days and, and late nights. Actually, late nights, I've, I've focused a lot more on getting rest. Uh, so I'm usually in bed now. As long as I could turn off social media, uh, I could probably pass out. And I literally mean hard pass out before 12 o'clock. Before I used to go to 2 to 3 o'clock in the morning and my mind is not sharp at all uh, the next day. But I thought grinding it out in that regard would be, um, that was the hustle, right? But it's really not. You got to be smarter. Um, so these days, it's more really more about finding time for myself to plan or, or to do my own work, right? Instead of being pulled into directives or helping others out in my team to get things done. Mm -hmm. So I ha I have, I've had to learn to say no or not right now. Let's schedule a time uh, uh, tomorrow. Now I actually have to learn, can we schedule a time in three weeks as opposed to the next two weeks because the next two weeks are just slammed, right? Yeah. But it's very hard, right? It's very hard to do that when you're when you're a founder, you're a startup, and you're the CEO. Serge, we are winding up this Crummer hour, and uh, I would like to, you know, give you one last invitation. Is there any message you would like to send out to the Crummer community, students, alumni, faculty? Oh man, um, love you all. Um, I'm praying for every single one of you guys during this COVID times. Uh, I know that our our nation is, uh, is, is fighting this virus. Uh, we're, we're still kind of going through the whole election uh, aspect of things. There's still um, issues um, um, in, in our societies that, that needs to be addressed. Um, but, uh, you know, I continue to pray for every single one of, uh, of the folks in Crummer. I, I, I pray that you guys find it in your heart to reach back out into the community and outside of our communities to create a massive impact, you know, so everybody can learn where all those blessings came from, which is basically a little small town called Winter Park from a little small college called Rollins and the Crummer program. <laughs> I couldn't put it any better myself. So Serge Albino, Crummer alumnus and co-founder of Ecospheres, it's been a great pleasure spending time with you. Thanks for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me anytime. I also want to thank our Victor Media Group team of Crummer alumni and students, which includes Kyle Sawyer, Gerardo Abril, Clara Mount, and Gerard Mitchell. Thanks for being on the show, guys. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again soon with another episode. Today's Crummer Hour has been brought to you by the Crummer Graduate School of Business at Rollins College. Now is a great time to consider enhancing your career success by pursuing an advanced degree in business. And the Crummer School offers a variety of educational programs to help you become a global, responsible, innovative business leader. To learn more about the programs and begin the application process, go to crummer.rollins.edu. The Crummer Graduate School of Business, experience excellence. The Crummer Hour is a production of Victor Media Group. It's the mission of Victor Media Group to make the world a better place by making ourselves better people. If you like this show, follow Victor Media Group on your favorite social media platform 
or visit our website at victormediagroup.co. Today's show was hosted by J.B. Adams and executive produced by Gerard Mitchell with sound editing by Aaron Trinka. Our gratitude goes out to Greg Golden, Director of Student Media at Rollins College, the entire team at WPRK, and Mike Brown and Loveland Finley in Crummer Alumni Relations for their gracious help and support. This is J.B. Adams, and until next time, Fiat Lux.